Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast with me, Pastor James, coming out of Saar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. We are working through Genesis one chapter a week, and today we get to Genesis 27, where we see Isaac and Jacob and Esau and Rebekah and the blessing that Isaac pronounces on one of his sons. As with all the other chapters we've looked at, if you've not read Genesis 27 in the recent past, go ahead, press pause, read it, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in God's word. So Genesis 27 begins, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his older son and said to him, my son, and he answered, here I am. He said, behold, I am old and I do not know the day of my death. Now you read this and you think, well, Maybe Isaac's dying. He's old, I don't know when I'm going to die. Um, But as we continue and get towards the end of the chapter, uh, we see that he lives a good 20, 30 years after this. So he's not as close to death as we might think, having read this. And then uh, also Martin Luther uh, wrote something about this and said that given the calculations and the dates and the other events of his life and things like that, Uh, maybe 40 more years before Isaac dies. But anyway, we read this. It sounds like he's going to die soon. He's actually not. And then he says, uh, Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and then prepare for me delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. So a couple of things going on here that are uh, conversation-worthy. The first is that Isaac already knows, the promise has already been given that it's through Jacob that this promise is going to continue. Uh, We read, didn't we, in chapter 25, talking of Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob when she was pregnant. Two nations are in your womb, twins. Two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. So the promise is to go through Jacob. And yet here we see Isaac trying to bless Esau. So he's trying to do what he thinks is best, not rest in the promises of God. And then verses 3 and 4, he seems to, or we know from later on in this chapter, in just a few verses time, that it, it looks like Isaac is glorying in the abilities of Esau to hunt rather than the actual food that he says that he loves. Because later on, he served something completely different and he doesn't seem to know what's going on. So it looks like he's glorying in the fact that Esau is this uh, guy with weapons and quiver and bows and go out to the field and hunt game for me and then prepare some lovely food. Um rather than this is actually his favorite meal. He seems to enjoy the fact that he's got this kind of son in his life. And then we continue, and we see that Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare for from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And it's hard to read this 
and not think that she was kind of snooping around. Rebecca was snooping. Maybe she walked past at just the right time. But I don't know about you. When you read this, it, it's hard to not think of her snooping around. Now, Rebecca was listening, and then I heard him say this. And again, it could be that she was very providentially brought along to hear so she could write this wrong where Isaac's trying to bless Esau. Uh, is it... Is she acting in line with what she knows to be God's plan or is she just acting out her own preference? Uh, we read, didn't we, at the end of uh, verse 20, sorry, chapter 25. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So is Rebekah here acting to try and keep God's promise or is she just acting out of her own personal preference? We'll never know. But it's hard to not think that she's snooping around and then in verses 9 through to the end of 13, we really see a lot of pragmatism and this idea that, well, if it works and if we get the desired outcome, it doesn't really matter if it's right or wrong. Uh, we see Jacob wants to go along with this plan. He says, look, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I'm a smooth man. Maybe my father will feel me. And I shall be seen to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. And he obeyed my voice and go and bring them to me. So again, Jacob is not particularly concerned here. It doesn't look like he's concerned with what is right or wrong. He seems to be only concerned about what's going to work or not. And then verses 14 to 17 Every person here, everybody in the family, mum, dad, and the two boys, are all trusting themselves over trusting God. So Rebecca is trusting herself to right this wrong, uh, trying to engineer the situation for, again, either for her own preference or to, to uphold God's promise. Esau is uh, trusting himself to go out and get this stuff to then get the blessing, even though couple of chapters back he sold his birthright and the right to be blessed and, and kind of those kind of rights he sold them for a bowl of soup and stew. Uh, Jacob is trusting in his mum's cunning plan and his own kind of dressing up to fool the dad and Isaac is basically doing what he wants to do even though God's promise was to come through Jacob, and he knows that, because that, we read about that a couple of chapters back. So really, nobody in this family comes out of this looking particularly good or having acted particularly honorably. They're all trusting themselves over trusting God. So Jacob uh, dresses up as Esau by putting on skins of the goats, and, and his mum's made some food, and off he goes to see Isaac, and we read in verse 18, so he went into his father and said, my father, Isaac says, yep, here I am, who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me, now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. So this is his first big major lie to the face of his dad. In verse 20, Isaac said to his son, how is it you found it so quickly? And then Jacob Gets, his lie gets even worse here. He says, because the Lord your God granted me success. So he's scheming with his mum. He's plotting and planning with his mum. 
and then he dares to invoke God's name into this lie. Look, how have you gone out and done all this so quickly? And well, God has prospered me. And then in verse 21, we see that Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. So Isaac's got his suspicions. So Jacob goes close to him and he feels these, uh, well, the goat skins that he's wearing. And Isaac says, the voice is Jacob's, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And we read that he didn't recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? And Jacob says, I am. So he's lied to his dad a couple of times there, and he's brought the name of God into this lie as well. And then in verse 25, we see that uh, Isaac said, Bring it near to me that I may eat my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Now, again, think back, start of the chapter. He sends Esau out to get this game, this wild meat that he, uh, he loves to eat it. So he says and delicious food such as I love, is what we read. Now here he's been served uh, a bit of goat meat that's been hastily prepared, and uh, he doesn't really query this, he doesn't check this, he doesn't register as being different to him. So again, that strengthens this idea that what he was really glorying in was not this wonderful meal that his son prepared for him, but the fact that he's got this son hunter-gatherer, like traditionally manly man kind of son. And so it seems like that's what he's glorying in rather than this delicious food as he loves to eat. And then verse 26, we read that as his, uh, his father Isaac said to him, this is Jacob still, come near me and kiss me, my son. So he came and kissed him and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, now here's the blessing that he puts on. This is going Abraham, Isaac, now Jacob. And he says, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. So the first half of that blessing, verses 27 and 28, are really... He's pronouncing this blessing of a, a richness of life over Jacob. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. So he's pronouncing blessing over a rich and full life for Jacob. And then verse 29 is, is praying that, kind of ironically it seems, that God's will is done in Jacob's life. Let people serve you, nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And we read that, didn't we? Again, we go back to chapter 25. The older shall serve the younger. And uh, here's Isaac pronouncing this blessing even though he's unknowingly doing it to, uh, to the wrong son. And we read, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, Jacob had scarcely gone out of the presence of his father. Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? He answered, I'm your firstborn, Esau. 
Then Isaac trembled very violently. And in the Hebrew language, this is a very strong way to describe something. It's a very strong phrase. It means he's, he's shaking, he's convulsing very, very violently and strongly. He's, he, he knows that he's made a grave and monumental mistake here, or he's been caught out. There's probably a better way of explaining it. He's been caught out trying to circumvent God's will. So Isaac's trembling very greatly, and he said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me, and I ate it before you came? And I've blessed him, yes, and he shall be blessed. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, we read that by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. And so I read that this is where his faith came in. He knows that he's been caught out, but he doesn't try, he doesn't still try to undo God's sovereign plan and will to have Jacob be blessed. He, he, it's a funny way to describe it, this by faith. But having seen that God's plans and purposes are always going to come true, he doesn't try to fight it. He goes with it and he says, yes, Jacob, and he, yes, and he shall be blessed. And as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And this is the same kind of strong emotive language that we, that we saw when um, he's trembling violently. Esau is crying with a great and bitter cry. And he said, bless me, even me also, my father. And, and, and Isaac says, your brother came deceitfully and is taken away your blessing. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? And we said it a few chapters ago that Jacob means he who cheats or takes somebody by the heel. It's not a particularly nice name. Your brother came deceitfully and he's taken away your blessing. He said, is he not rightly named Jacob for he's cheated me these two times? Now his emotions are getting the better of him here. And he says, he took away my birthright. Which is not particularly true, is it? Esau quite happily traded that for a bowl of stew. But in the moment, in his emotion, he took away my birthright. And when Esau thought that this was just some kind of spiritual blessing thing, he didn't seem too interested. You know, what right is my birthright to me? We're all going to die anyway. And here he took away my birthright. Now he's realized that, like, look, the blessing is a spiritual blessing. The promise is going to go through you. But part of it was also that wonderful, rich, full, abundant life. And part of that's material. And now he seems a bit more bothered. He took away my birthright. And behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And Esau continues and says, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Have you but one blessing? My father, bless me, even me also, oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then he does, he gets a, a blessing of a certain degree. And it depends what translation of the Bible you read, uh, how much of a blessing it sounds or how much of a curse it sounds. So, for example, in the ESV that I'm reading now, it says, Behold, away from the fatness of the land shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. And as some, maybe the Bible that you're reading or you, you usually read says something like, Behold, from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be. And there's a big difference there with away from the fatness. You're going to live a life that's a struggle. It's going to be a bit lean. Or from the fatness, 
your dwelling shall be. So from the best choice, most luxurious parts of, of, of the earth you're going to live in. But again, that's a Hebrew into English thing. And in verse 40, we read, By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. So there's an acknowledgement of the original promise there that you shall serve your brother, but we see that it's not going to last forever. When you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. And a couple of times in the New Testament, Esau is pointed to as an, as an example of what not to do, how not to be. And we see his pride and his envy coming out here in verse 41 when we read, Now Esau hated Jacob because of this, and he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Now again, Rebecca finds out, mum finds out, and she calls Jacob to her and says, Look, uh, behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. She said that before, didn't she? Obey my voice, arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran. Stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away. And that turns out to be more than 20 years. To 33, uh, the two brothers meet again. And we read in chapter 33, verse 9, Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Which kind of helps us to get a bit of context and understand the promise. So we said different Bibles might translate this Hebrew a little bit differently. Behold, away from the fatness of the earth or from the fatness of the earth. And it looks like in chapter 33 that he's been living from the fatness of the earth. He's got enough. So as we continue then back in chapter 27, Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? So it looks like here she's trying to manipulate Isaac. She's trying to engineer a situation where Isaac sends Jacob away. So she's seen that Isaac planned to bless Esau. She's kind of engineered the situation where Jacob's blessed now she sees that Esau wants to kill Jacob and she's engineering another situation where his dad can send him away. And we'll get into that as we get into chapter 28 next time. Here though in Genesis 27, nobody comes out of it looking particularly good. Uh, I read recently that everybody lost in this uh, situation, in these circumstances. Everybody lost, but God's will and sovereign plans are still carried out. God's sovereign plan still comes to fruition. Jacob is still blessed, even though nobody in the family really was hanging on tight and true to his promise. They all tried to engineer situations where things were better for them or, or not quite as good for the others. Or to, to have their own personal preference come through. But we know that the promise that God gives us is so steadfast and sure. And when he said something is going to happen, it is going to happen. And try as they might, nobody in this family could derail the plans of the Lord. Next time then, in Genesis 28, we see Jacob heading over to Laban, his uncle. We see that Esau uh, takes a wife and uh, that Jacob has a very interesting dream but until then God bless you